Welcome to For the Love of Dharma. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. This podcast will help you be more joyful, remember your purpose, and live life on your terms. Get ready to get inspired. Here we go. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode. Here in the US, we changed clocks again. And this time, though, I'm loving the longer daylight hours in the evening. Now, if we could just get a bit of sunshine in my part of the world, it would really help these winter blues that keep lurking around. Today's episode is a fun one. Claire Dore is a coach for soul aligned entrepreneurs to help them fully step into their power and get turned on by their lives. She used to pride herself on being busy and taking action, but wasn't slowing down to listen to her intuition or take care of herself. Once she learned this wasn't sustainable, she made it her mission to help other women change the way they show up in the world. We had a really lovely conversation, so here's a taste of what's coming up. Claire and I talk about why trusting ourselves is so hard and how to do it more often. We talk about what role our parents play in our own need to be busy. And we also discuss why allowing both the masculine and feminine energies into our lives is important and how you may even notice more success when you are in receiving energy. Even if you aren't a business owner, you will be sure to find some golden nuggets in this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Claire to the show. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Heather. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. And the way I like to start all of my guest episodes is by having you choose either blue or red. And I have a blue book and a red book. And I'll ask you a random question from whichever book you choose. Now, that's interesting because I always see myself as a blue person, but the color I got was red. Let's go with red. (laughs) (laughs) Got to go with that intuition, right? Yeah, totally. What is your favorite kind of puzzle? I'd say Sudoku. (gasps) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I play it on my phone all the time. Do you? Mm -hmm. Like almost every day. This week's been a little crazy, but every day I try to at least play one or two rounds. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. So I would love for you to tell my listeners, what was Claire like as a young child? What was your personality like? What did you do for fun? It's a really interesting question. So much of my childhood was being who everyone wanted me to be, you know? And um, as soon as you said that, I had this image of this girl who um, is a little bit shy, sits and looks pretty, smiles a lot, doesn't say anything that's not nice because she's not allowed. And yeah, just does as she's told. That's not to say she wasn't happy. She didn't know anything else. Like, I do remember being happy as a child. And yeah, I was one of those children who always had a smile on their face, like always. And um, I had an older sister and two younger brothers. And (laughs) the things that we used to do. So me and my sister, so my sister who actually became a fashion designer she used to make clothes like for our barbies and cindy's and we'd set up shops we would set up shops on the street 
and people would come and buy from us. And apparently she says that actually I was better at the shop, being the shopper than the seller. I think I just wasn't allowed around the other side of the table personally, because um, that's definitely one of my superpowers is to sell. That's amazing. It was fun. I love that she wanted to be a fashion designer. My youngest daughter wants to be a fashion designer when she grows up. What did you want to be when you grew up? An air hostess. Oh. I loved flying and travel is like a huge thing for me. Like it's highly expansive. It's one of my values. Like my whole business is built around me traveling. So um, that's what I wanted to do. That is amazing. And today you are a coach. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit about your journey to get there. Mm, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's an interesting journey, actually. Um, So I had a career in advertising, worked up in London for years, like incredible job, like incredible lifestyle, lots of fun because it was advertising in the 90s. So advertising in the 90s in London was basically one big party. So I like that. Um, had my children and left that 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 career. Um, so was at home for six years, full time. So I've got three children. I had three under four years and there wasn't any space to actually really go back. And what I really noticed after about was kind of about after about five years, I was starting to get a little bit bored and a little bit like itchy feet and just sort of, you know, felt like this feeling of I wasn't aware of this at the time. I only realized after it was like um, just losing my identity slightly, you know, had just become my children's mum and almost just even lost my first name, you know, I actually ended up stepping into a network marketing business, which felt like exactly the right thing, um, could fit it around my children. And I stepped into that business and immediately built a team. So what then became really clear was I was leading and coaching them. I don't know how much you know about network marketing businesses, but they are really disguised as personal development. So I went on this huge journey of self-discovery and going, oh, my God, like totally out of my comfort zone pretty much every day. So massive growth. I signed up to working with a coach when I got into about my it was almost my, my seventh year. It was a really, really high ticket program. It was bringing up all of my fears um but my intuition was going you need to do this and I was like this makes no sense like I don't earn anywhere near this level but I desired that and um so stepped in and started working did uh, working with this coach and um worked one-to-one did loads of his retreats across the world um it was incredible and in that experience he helped me see that actually I was a coach. He helped me see what my true kind of soul mission and purpose here was. And I was already doing it, but I just hadn't really seen that. And literally from that moment, I pivoted overnight. And that was about seven years ago. That's amazing. And I love what you said, because I think sometimes it does take somebody else to point out something in order for us to see it, you know? Why do you think it's so hard for women to follow their intuition? 
Oh my gosh, this is such a perfect question for me. I um, did a live literally just this morning about trusting the intuitive hits and taking that action. And so this is so relevant because what I'm really seeing a lot right now is women are getting the intuitive hits and we're all intuitive, right? Like we all have that as a superpower. But what I see is these women get these intuitive nudges and hits and they're like, you know, giggly, excited, like you can feel the energy, like they know it's bang on. But what happens is the fear kicks in, the logical voice, like, who do you think you are? Like, you know, what investing at this level or going on this retreat? Like, are you crazy? Like, you know, what is, you know, it's like they, they, um, the voice gets so loud, they can't then take the action. And it all comes down to trust. And I see this as like the most important quality as an entrepreneur self-trust it's not easy to kind of embody as an entrepreneur you know we go through times where you know we might be thriving and our business has a wait list and then we might go to the other extreme the growth opportunity times I like to call them when we have no clients maybe or very low clients and we're like I don't even know how I'm going to pay my bills this month and so in those moments that's we need to trust and hold ourselves even more. Yeah, I love that. What do you think is the biggest block from being able to trust ourselves? I think there's a huge amount um, in how society kind of, um, I want to use the word like, thinks we should be living and behaving like you know you you go to school you go to university you go and get a job and like and then you know you retire and like almost like dictating how we are supposed to live our lives and you know you work bloody hard through all of that like to get results you work bloody hard to do that stuff it's a real masculine kind of energy and behavior and you know that is then adopted through you know our parents so conditioning and it's like we need to as entrepreneurs of course we are doing it completely differently completely differently we're not following those paths and so you know when the more kind of awake we get and the more conscious we are you know we start to get more intuitive hits and they can be really radical and they can be really wild. And if you haven't taken lots of courageous steps and leaps of faith before, it can feel so like paralyzing. Like, and I can really speak to this. I left my husband last year after 21 years. Wow. That took enormous amount of trust in myself because the fear was paralyzing but the my intuition had given me so many signs over the years I couldn't couldn't quite do it and then it was just like okay now like it was like my soul was screaming like this is non-negotiable you have to go 
I resonate with that so much. I've been through something similar. And so it gets to a point where, you know, I I always like to think in the beginning, before you have that trust muscle, your intuition does speak very quietly and you have to make it a point to listen to it. It gets to a point though, where if you continue to not do the thing, your intuition is getting louder and louder and louder until you start listening because it's like, hello, I'm trying to tell you something here. I agree. It's almost like being, you know, like walloped over the head. Like, okay, I've been trying to talk to you for years. Now I'm actually going to knock you out, like, you know, run you down. Like you have to listen. Yeah. I think the same is true for people when they get sick, you know, when they they get like little things. And then if they just keep ignoring it, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it's just like one thing after another, after another, until you go, well, what the hell? Like what is happening? And then you're, you start to pay attention. You mentioned about how we've learned so much from our parents and our upbringing. And I am curious to know your thoughts about how much of an impact that has on why, whether we are entrepreneurs or not, why we are so addicted to being busy and trying to do it all? Great question. (laughs) Great question. Yeah, it's modeled to us. Like we know no different. Like, and don't get me wrong, like our parents and, you know, we're parents, we're doing the best job we can do with the information we have you know, we're constantly evolving and and growing. And I think, you know, I think back myself as a mum and think, gosh, you know, there's things I would have done differently if I was doing that now. But of course, what I did then was exactly right. Exactly right. Because now I have more awareness, I'm more evolved, I'm more conscious. So the way I parent is totally different. But um, yeah, our parents only know what they know. And they love us and they just want to give us the best. But um, through that, you know, they've picked up patterns from their parents and, you know, it's ingrained through generations. Um, And I see it as like, you know, when you see these patterns and, you know, scarcity, for example, is is one, you know, having a scarcity mindset and, it's like breaking those curses so you don't then pass those on to your children. And I, I really see that as like being one of those, you know, curse breakers to really um, model, you know, how I want my children to live. Like I want them to go and do all the things, like go and spend your money, go around the world. Like you don't have to buy a house, all that stuff. Like it's like, do whatever you want to do. What lights you up? Mm, Yeah. I am telling my daughters, I have two daughters and I've been telling them that I don't expect them to go to college. If they want to go to college, university, great. If they don't, cool. There are so many jobs out there that haven't even been invented yet that they may be a perfect fit for, or they may be the one to invent them, you know? So I try not to put my expectations on them too much. So how, when we're in this busyness world and we keep thinking more is more is more is more, how do we kind of heal that and realize that doing less can actually be more? I can really speak to this. So I spent most of my 
life really in my masculine energy. So the masculine is the doing, it's the taking the actions and doesn't matter what gender you are, we, we have both energies within us. And I think there's a real misconception around that, that, um, you know, I see as something to, to really educate men and, and women on, but anyway, that's beside the point, but, um, yeah, like this, this mentality of, you know, you always need to be doing, you always need to be taking actions. And actually what happens is, you know, and it really ties into what we just talked about in terms of the intuition. Um, when we start to really slow down and create, you know, what I call a real spacious business. So I only actually work in my business um, three days a week. Like I only coach on three days because when we we kind of like have that space so I call that kind of like um, in your being energy you know your feminine energy so doing the things that we absolutely love and those are like a priority those are like the marketing strategy you know those are, you know whether that's dancing or singing or swimming in cold water like these are some of the things I do and it's like you know doing those first as the non-negotiables because it's all about the energy that you're in and the feminine energy so to have that balance the feminine is all about receiving and if we're constantly in our masculine in the busy 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 I've got to keep you know putting posts out or I've got to you know keep being visible and have a strategy quote unquote like we're not then allowing what is meant to us to flow in which is being in this receiving energy and um i find personally like i get the most amount of leads when i am out having fun just doing exactly what the hell I like and sometimes that fun I like I don't actually know what the fun's going to be but I've set an intention in the morning and then I've gone out and I'll create fun and then suddenly I just attract leads and it's that magnetic you know kind of feminine energy that we all need to embody more and I hate the word strategy. Like it literally makes mm-hmm. me want to vomit. I <laughs> I worked in corporate for so long that I think I have like PTSD around the word strategy. And mm-hmm. I know when you are your own running your own business that it's necessary, but there is such a thing as going to the complete opposite end and having too much and being, like you said, in your masculine and just only thinking about the strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, the strategy is inside you. Mm. You know, your strategy for your business is inside you. And like everyone, it's all inside them. It's not externally. There's no, no, there's no process for you to build your business. It's in, the process is inside you. That's a really great way to look at it. (laughs) You also mentioned that you like go out and you have fun and you dance and all of these things. And I think women look at that as maybe a kind of self-care, but they almost have this like guilt around it. Like, I can't leave my kids. I can't leave my husband. I can't leave my job to go do these things for me. Do you have any advice for how they can kind of get over that and allow themselves to go do those things and really enjoy it while they're there? Yeah, I think, you know, I would really question like, what are you modeling to your children? Mm. 
because um, so something I've really witnessed in the last 14 months since I left my husband is one, I really observed that I was really serious in that marriage, very serious. So I did do the things I loved, but in quite a serious way. And I would, I would only really be having that fun when I wasn't with him, interestingly. That's nothing against him. He's an incredible man, like, you know, brilliant dad, all of that. But um, I was shrinking myself. I recognise that. But um, what I've noticed is since I've left him and like I've got my own house and and I'm my children are here, like some of the things they say to me are like, um, my eldest said to me the other day, Mum, like you seem younger, like you just... <laughs> And I know what it is, it's because they see me laughing all the time. I dance around the kitchen. I'm singing like they are in teenagers and they're like, oh, my God, like, can you just be normal? Um, but they love it. They love it. I see the the most hugest difference in our connection. And so I can speak from to it from that experience. And I think, um, yeah, energy is like, is everything. Like people feel our energy. And when we are doing those things that really light us up from the inside and make us feel good, and it might be just lying in the bath for an hour, like, you know, it can be anything, but helps you to feel just really good about yourself and you know that does start with your thoughts of course you know and how we you know what we say to to ourselves when we look in the mirror all of those things it's all part of it but that has a massive ripple effect I think that's so beautiful and I've experienced something similar with my kids you know I also used to be very very serious all of the time I had no (laughs) spontaneity everything, everything had to be planned. And it was just, once I sort of learned to love myself, it opened up this whole different world to be able to expand and give love to others where, you know, before I thought, I love my kids. Of course I love my kids. I have been able in the last few years to show them I love them in such a different way. And like you said, just the quality of the relationship is so much better. And yes, they're embarrassed. I dance around too. I sing, I do all these goofy things and they're like, oh, mom, you know, (laughs) but it's amazing. And I think that's true for all of our relationships, whether it's kids, friends, spouses, whatever it is, right? Once we learn to love ourselves, we can help others. That's so gorgeous to hear. And that's it. Like we can't give love until we can fully, you know, like love ourselves first. And yeah, it just opens us up to receive so much more as well. Yeah. All right. One last thing that I want to bring up is that women especially Mm. tend to try to be perfect all the time. And I would love to know your thoughts on perfectionism in general and how we can stop this cycle of trying to achieve it. That definitely was me for years. Yeah, for years. Yeah. And even people would say it to me, 
even people would say it to me. And what I really notice is like people can't connect with that. It's almost like they, you know, they, I I remember just really witnessing like how people just, you know, would say that, oh, you know, you've got the perfect life, you've got your husband, you've got a lovely house, you've got three children, and everything's all perfect, and you're always looking so beautiful, blah, 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 all the things. And it's like, well, I wasn't really happy, you know, so it was actually really superficial. It was kind of like a mask, you know. And um, when I started to do some really deep dive coaching on myself, I worked with an incredible coach and I remember him really um, helping me to step into allowing imperfect to be perfect. And this has been a journey like, you know, we don't go from being or or thinking we need to get it perfect to suddenly, you know, being like total mess and being okay with that. I um, I do a lot of lives. I really love speaking like that's one of my things. And um I remember when I was first starting to do my lives, you know, I would tend to have, you know, what I was going to say written out because I was like, didn't quite trust myself, right? Didn't quite trust myself that I would know or I'd, you know, maybe have a pause or, you know, silence. God help me, like imagine. Well, my lives now, I literally, sometimes I'm on the live and then I go, oh, I had a thought. I can't even remember what that thought is now. So I literally will say it. It's like saying the elephant in the room. And when we are willing to be vulnerable and let down all of those guards and let go of the perfectionism, we invite connection. You know, and it's a bit like, you know, like what you were just saying about being really goofy around your kids. It's like, you know, showing that that we don't have to have it all together. We can be really silly. We can mess things up. And actually, you know, failure is all about falling forwards. Like we learn. It's a gift. And yeah, there's something like really rigid about being perfect. You know, I felt, and I was that, it was really, really rigid. It's a real, it's like the masculine controlling behavior. You know, it's that again. Yeah. I think there's something to be said, like you said about the connection, because for me, when I'm, when I see other people being quote unquote imperfect, it makes me connect with them more. I'm like, oh my God, they're a real person. How about that? You know, and it makes me like them versus you see the perfect person. They look the perfect way. They sound perfect. They have the perfect job, the perfect life. I don't have anything in common with that. (laughs) So no, because it's almost like they're hiding, you know, hiding the flaws because it's like, oh, people might not like me if they see that, you know, maybe I'm a, a bitch or whatever, whatever it is, you know, it's like, I better hide that part of myself. Mm-hmm. I think when we fully embody who we are, like wholly, then it's like, yeah, we just attract the the people that are right for us. And- yeah. And like you said, those quote unquote, perfect people, they're probably not happy, you know? No, not at all. No, not Mm -hmm. at all. And yeah, it's very serious trying to be perfect. (laughs) Right? (laughs) There is no fun about trying to be perfect. (laughs) You have been such a delight to talk to. I have loved chatting with you. I would love for you to tell my listeners where is the best place to find you and how can they work with you? Oh, thank you. I, I've enjoyed it. I think I could carry on talking with you for hours. I reckon we could cover so many topics. It's been brilliant. 
To be honest, Facebook is where most of my most, you know, like my up-to-date content goes out on. Um, I do have a website, but actually Facebook, so Claire Doré on Facebook. And I do have a group on Facebook called Wild Souls in Business. Um, so that's where I tend to do a lot of my lives and really share in a very raw, real and vulnerable way. I like to really teach based on my own experience. So people get to hear about all of my stuff, from my sex life to, you know, dating and, you know, hanging out with my kids, like all of it. I don't don't hide any of it. I bring it all. So, yeah, those would be the best places to connect with me. And um, in terms of like how I work, I have what you call a very boutique um, coaching business. I like to hold a really powerful space for my clients. So I only actually work with five one-to-one clients at a time. I run six-month programs. That's the minimum. And um, I also lead um, incredibly potent, uh, mind-blowing retreats. The next one is actually in Bali at the end of February. Yeah, I've done huge amounts of retreats in my time. And yeah, just love the energy of retreat creates and the transformation. I keep thinking I want to host a retreat someday. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, in Bali, I've never been to Bali, but every picture I ever see, and I've talked to some people in Bali and I'm just like, oh my God, I need to go there. So before I let you go, I like to ask my guests five rapid fire questions, meaning you don't have to answer quickly. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. And it's just a way for my listeners to get to know you a little bit better. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word play? Ah, sex. <laughs> I love it. What is something that brings you joy? God, I can't say sex again. Can I? <laughs> oh no, I... <laughs> what brings me joy? Yeah, and when I say the word sex, like I mean that in so much more than with a partner. Like I... Yeah, like only my sexuality actually really brings me joy because that comes through everything. Mm, It does. It really does. I'm starting to learn that more and more. Absolutely. What were you doing the last time that you lost track of time? Oh, my gosh. This happened literally the other day. I went into my favorite shop in the town that I live and... um, met with the owner hadn't met her before and we had this incredible connection and I was trying on some things in her shop she she curates the most incredible like clothes and I was trying some dresses on and we together like totally lost track of time it was um so much fun it was brilliant I love it when you can have those conversations with people and like, you just, you could, and like you were saying before, I could talk to you for hours, like just keep going, you know, and, and you have no idea what time it is or how much time is spanned. And it's, those are the best. I just love those conversations. What are you learning more about right now? Myself. Mm, Same. And if we ever stop, that's a problem, right? (laughs) Yeah. When we stop growing, we, we start dying. Yeah. All right. Last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? (laughs) Live life full out. Don't even like, if you, if it lights you up and it's like a full body, yes, just do it. 
that goes kind of back to the intuition thing, like stop questioning it and just, just go for it. (laughs) Claire, I have loved talking to you so much. This conversation has been so much fun and I cannot wait for my listeners to get to meet you. Oh, thank you, Heather. It's been incredible. I've really enjoyed it. It is so, so important to learn how to love ourselves because as Claire said, there is a huge ripple effect out into all of your relationships. It's not even just your romantic ones. Think about how much calmer and at peace you feel after a nice bath or a walk or even just reading a book. You'll notice how much kinder you are to everyone, even the people you see at the bus stop or the grocery store. Something else that I really love that Claire mentioned was that by releasing perfectionism is when we allow connection. Most of us strive to be perfect in at least some ways, yet none of us can actually relate to someone who appears to be perfect. So what is it exactly that we are trying to achieve? Something to ask yourself. Links to connect with Claire are in today's show notes. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review. We need people to have more conversations that matter. And by leaving a review, you help my podcast get seen by more people. Thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. This podcast episode is brought to you by Prompts to Purpose, my free workbook that will help you stop spinning your wheels and start remembering your gifts. Inside, you'll find 25 journal prompts to get you thinking about things in a new way so that you can find your purpose and start living the life of your dreams. If you're ready to dive in, get on my email list by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio, and I'll send it over. Come on in and see what everyone is talking about.